Okay, we're going to start on Daf Tesvav, Ahmed Aleph. We're holding on the top of the Ahmed, where it says, Gufa Amr of Yudah Mashmul. Take one minute, it'll be over. Okay, so the Gemara here is discussing the Mishnah that brought 18 different things that uh, was instituted in the Aliyah of Hananiah ben Chizkiah where the, the Beishamai were more than Beisillel and they instituted 18 things. So let's see the Lashon of the Gemara inside. Gufa. So regarding these 18 things it was mentioned before. Amrav Gazru They instituted 18 things on that day. And there was an argument between Basil and Beishamai regarding all these 18 things. So, Frakta Gemara. Vahatanya, we learned in a, di- in a different Braise. Hushvu, bye bye, Hushvu. Hushvu. That Basilil and Beshamai all agreed on these 18 Takanas. So, so it says Hushvu, they all agreed. So, why are we saying here that they argued about uh, these 18 things? And for the Gemara, bye bye, yoim nechleku. Sorry about that. Bye bye, yoim nechleku. On that day, they did argue, but on the next day, the Basilil did agree to Beishamai to all of the Gzairis that were instituted. Another thing that was mentioned before, there are three places that Shammai and Hillel themselves argued. It wasn't Beis Shammai and Basil, but Hillel and Shammai themselves. So the Gemara now is going to bring from the Mishnayis of Idias what are these three cases that Shammai and Hill argue themselves. Shammai So the first halacha is regarding how large does the challah um, or actually the flour used when you're making a dough have to be in order to be chayiv in the mitzvah of challah. Shammai Mikav. The size has to be the measurement of a kav of flour. Challah. Hillel says, Mikabayim has to be the measurement of the flower, should be two calves. We don't follow either opinion. A calve and a half. So in between Hillel and Shammai. Then it's Chayiv Bechala. When the size of measurements were made bigger, as it's brought over here in Rashi, that when they moved to Tzipaydi, so then they changed the way they measured, and whatever was measured before, they added a fifth to the measurement. So Amru, they said, If you have five Revoim of Kemach, Yechayim Mechala. Revoim is a Lug. If you have five Lugin, uh, of Kemach, then Yechayev Mechal. The reason why a lug is called a Reva is because four lugin makes up a kav. So therefore one lug is a quarter of a kav. So before, Chachamim said that the shear of a chale was a kav umechza, which would be six lugin. But then when the, the measuring became larger, so they, they brought it down to five lugin. And this is the actual final halacha that's brought in Shulchan Aruch. When you make chale, so the amount of flour used for the challah is chameshes revoim kemach then yechayev and challah. Rabbi Yisiyaimer, 
Hey, Peturin, if you have five Lugin, a flower, you're going to be Potter. Hey, Vo'oid, but if you have five and a drop more, then Chayovin, then Yechayv. This is, so Rabbi Yaisi is basically agreeing to the Chachamim. The only thing that he's adding is it has to be a drop more. And the reason is because Rabbi Yaisi's opinion is that the Shiurim, that they were Meshayer, uh, from the way the Shiurim wore then, Amol, today our eggs, our, all of our things are a little bit smaller. So therefore, when we're Mashiach today, you have to add a little bit more. But this is uh, the halacha that we paskin like, like the Chachamim. Just, uh, I'm not going to go through the whole Cheshbin over here, Ba'arich is going to get to what the basis of this argument of Hillel and Shammai and the Chachamim is, but I'll just say what Rashi brings here. This all revolves around the Mon. The Shir that it says by the Mon, that the Esau of the Mon was an Asiris Ha'efa, so they're all basing their shear of chala around how we measure what the size of the mon was and that that is the size of the chala or of the, the dough, the flour that's chayiv in the mitzvah of chala. So this is one situation where Hill and Shammai argued. Then there was another one, the Idach, another case, Hilloloimer. So here we're talking about a mikveh. Of course, we know a mikveh, in order to be kosher, has to be make shomim, only rainwater. If drawn water, Mayim Shuvim, falls into a mikveh, and you're talking about a mikveh that's not 40 saw. If the mikveh has already the minimum amount of 40 saw, then any other water that falls into it, in most cases, it doesn't make the mikveh possible. We're talking here, however, about a mikveh that's less than 40 saw. And then you have mayim shuvim that fall into it. How much mayim shuvim makes the mikveh puzzle? Hilloloimer, meloi hin, mayim shuvim, paislim is a mikveh. If you have a hin, which Rashi says is 12 lug of mayim shuvim, that passes the mikveh. Now the Mishnah just adds, parenthetically, this expression of hin is not a regular kind of expression that's used in a measurement in the times of Chazal, because this wasn't a measurement in the times of Chazal. The word Hin comes from the Teira. So why did he use the, the Loshen Hin? Why didn't he just say 12 Lug? A person is Chayev to repeat things the way he heard it from his teacher. And he heard from his teacher the Shear of a Hin. Shammai says much more. Tisha Kabin, nine Kabin of Maim Shuvim that fall into a mikveh. So like I said before, every Kav is four Lugin. So that's much more than what Hillel said. Shammai is being Mekel here, that means. The Chachamim say, Not like Hillel, not, not like Shammai. Two weavers came out of Yerushalayim from the Shar HaAshpa, the gateway of the Ashpa from Yerushalayim. Ve'he'idu mishum Shmai v'Avtalyan, and they testified in the name of Shmai and Avtalyan. She'shloishen lugim ma'im shuvim, even just three lugim of drawn water, paislam es ha'mikveh, will passel the mikveh. Ve'kaimu chachamim es devreim, and the chachamu v'kaim the words, and this is the p'sak halacha, a mikveh that's less than 40 saw. If three lugim of ma'im shuvim falls into it, it passels the mikveh. So let me just point out two things. First of all, we're learning about Hilchus Mikvais over here today. And I believe most people didn't have an opportunity to go to the mikveh, not today, not yesterday, and may not have the opportunity to go to the mikveh for a, a long period of time. We know Kalaisik, Betayda Sayla, Kilo, Hikrivayla. 
So you're learning about mikveh, so let this be an, another Indian as if uh, you're going to the mikveh. B'chlal, it says on a day that you can't go to the mikveh. We learned this in Gemara Brachas, if anybody remembers. Uh, you, can, you can take a shower, you stand under the shower for about two, three minutes, and uh, it counts uh, like a mikveh to some extent. And the Rebbe would write in letters also that uh, you could learn Mishnayis Taharis, a Mishnah Masech Taharis, also for, for in the place of mikveh. Another thing, a very interesting thing that Rashi points out over here is, why does the Mishnah tell us who it was that said the shear that Chachamim held of? There were two weavers that came out of the Shara Ashpa of Yerushalayim. Very unusual. So Rashi says, what this teaches us is, even when you have simple people, here you had two weavers, that is not a very prominent kind of a job. And where were they living? They were living in the Shara Ashpa of Yerushalayim. And they were the ones that warned Bismedrish and heard the statement of Shmai and Aftalian. And they were the ones that was Zeicha, that their opinion was accepted by the Chachamim. So nobody should ever say to themselves, I'm going to come into the Bismedrish. Who am I? Nobody's going to listen to my opinion. Nobody cares if I'm here, if I'm not here. So over here we see there were two simple weavers and they were living in the, in the lowest area of Yerushalayim and their opinion was accepted by the Chachamim. That's why the mission brings their names and who they were and where they lived. The third case, the third case where Shammai and Hillel argued, So what we're talking about over here is a woman that, uh, that has a re'iyah, that observes a re'iyah of dam, of blood, which makes her a nida, of course, or makes her tamay. So the question is, does she become tamay only from the moment when she observed the blood? Or do we say that possibly the blood was there from before? So Shammai says, Kol Anoshim, all women, and this includes, there's different uh, kinds of women, the one that maybe, this includes even a woman that was pregnant, or other women that you, just, you sort of would assume that they didn't see any blood, we saw they actually saw. So Shammai says, Shammai that is says, Kol Anoshim, Dayan Shaitan. From the time when they saw, that's when they're Tomei, anything that they touched beforehand does not become Tomei. The Hillel says, that they go, that the Tumeh goes back, we have to suspect that maybe from the time that they examined themselves, the earlier time, and from after that, they may have been Tomeh, they just weren't aware of it. And even if this goes back many days. Chachamim disagree with both Shammai and Hillel's opinion. Ella rather, So there's a 24-hour period. That's usually what you go according to. You go back, the Tumah goes back a 24-hour period. But if a woman examined herself under 24 hours, so then... That that will minimize, that will minimize the the uh, the time of when the tumor goes back because she examined herself. If a woman examined herself and it was more than twenty-four hours, so then the maximum that you go back is twenty-four hours. So the opinion of the Chachamim is that the maximum you go back is twenty-four hours, or it could even be less than that if she examined herself within twenty-four hours. So this was the third case where Hillel and Shammai themselves argued, not Bei Shammai and not Bei Hillel. So now the Gemara asks the question, Vesuleka? 
These are the only three cases where Hillel and Shammai themselves argued. We have the following case. <coughs> we have the following case of Hillel So this is talking about a carbon that's brought on Yantif. So Hillel says, Lismaich, you can do smicha on the Beheme on Yantif. Now the issue with smicha is not to do smicha on Yantif, just like we don't ride an animal on Yantif, we don't do smicha on Yantif either. So Hillel says you can do smicha on Yantif. Shammai says you don't do the smicha on Yantif, you can do the smicha before Yantif, and then you bring the carbon on Yantif. Hillel's opinion is the smicha must be dafke right near the shechita, so you can't do the smicha before. Smicha, the smicha on the behemoth, before the carbon. And, and Shammai holds that the smicha could, has, could be done earlier on, so therefore it has to be done before Yantif. So we see another argument between Hillel and Shammai. So the Gemara answers, Ki when Rav Hone said there were only three arguments between Hillel and Shammai, If there weren't other great people that argued about the same subject. Here, regarding this Shiloh of Smicha and Yantif, it's an argument between Hillel and Shammai, but there were others that also argued about this as Rashi brings. This was an early argument already from much earlier before. Another case, for there's another case where Hill and Shammai argued, So here what this is talking about is a person that's cutting the grapes from the vineyard. So we learned before in the Gemara, two or three blot ago, where the Gemara says that in order for food to become susceptible to Tumah, it has to have water that came on the produce. And that water has to come on the produce willingly, that the person is satisfied that the water came on it. So now when a person is cutting the grapes, and some of the grapes, some of the wine of the grapes could be coming out while you're cutting it, the person is not really interested in that wine coming out. He wants to save the wine for when he brings it to the press, to, uh, but some wine might be coming out. Is that wine that comes out and makes the grapes wet, does that make it prepared and susceptible for Tumah? Shammai says it is susceptible for Tumah. Hillel says it does not make it susceptible for Tumah. So here we see another argument between Hillel and Shammai themselves and not Beishamai and Beishelel. And for the Gemara, Bar No, besides this case, why? In that case, Hillel agreed to Shammai, and that, this is uh, the, the Rashi brings it here. This was on the day that Hillel agreed to Shammai, and therefore, this is not. This didn't remain a machlokes between the two of them. Now the Gemara goes back to something that was brought er earlier on in a Braise, a statement that we had before, and the Gemara is going to examine this and go through this for about two blot. Let's see. There were these two people by the name of Yaisi, Yaisi ben Yezer and Yaisi ben Yechenen, and they were from Yerushalayim, or at least Yaisi ben Yechenen was from Yerushalayim, and Yaisi ben Yezer was from Tzreda. Gazru Tumah al Eretz Amim, they're the ones that made the Tumah on Eretz Amim outside Eretz Yisrael, while Klizuchuchis, and they also made Xayde on glass that it becomes Tame. So the first the Gemara discusses the Gzeire that there is on Eretz Amim. Frek the Gemara. Vaharabonon the Shmainim Shana Gazer. Don't we know that the Rabbanon that lived 80 years before the Chorban of the Beis Hamikdash, they are the ones that made the Gzeire that outside Eretz Yisrael should be Tommy. 
And the Gemara brings the source for this. When Rabbi Shmuel Bar Yaisi became sick, Shalchol Loi Rabbi Emmoir Lanu Beis Vegimul Dvarim Shamarta Mishuma Vicha. Tell us over two or three things in the name of your father. So his father was Rabbi Yaisi Mechalafta, and his father was the one that wrote the Sefer Seder Ailam. So he knew the history of Klal Yisrael very well. So they wanted to hear a few things from him in the name of his father. Omar, so he, so he said to them, so Inshallah Lem, he sent back to them, Kach Omar Abba. This is what my father said. Kuf Peishona, actually Chorav Abayis, 180 years before the Chorban Abayis, Pashto Malchus Arishal Yisrael. The wicked kingdom, which is the Romans, was, was already spread out upon Yidin. Eighty years before the base of Mikdash was destroyed, Gazru Tuma al Eretz Amim. That's when they instituted the Gzeira of Tume on Eretz Amim, Val Kli Zuchuchis, and also that Kli Chuchuchis becomes Tami. Mem Shona Abayis. Forty years before the base of Mikdash was destroyed, Golsolos Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was exiled from where it was in the base of Mikdash. And instead, they resided in a place in Chanuyais, that's what it's called, Chanuyais, which is also on the Harabayis. So the Gemara interrupts and asks regarding this last detail here, Why does it matter that the Sanhedrin is not in its place in the base of Mikdash and it's outside on the Harabayis? This is to say that once the, the Sanhedrin is not in its place, they can't uh, be done diniknosis. Any penalties to be mechaiv somebody money to pay what he owes or any damages that yes, but any knas once they're not in their place they can't be done. Do you think that bezdin can't be done diniknosis if they're not in their place? Why not? What's what, what would be the reason they can't? Ella, so the Gemara changes and says Once the Sanhedrin it's not in its place in Yerushalayim, so no bezdin is allowed to be done din in And this is learned out from Sukkim, this is a Gemara in Sanhedrin, here's not the place for this, but even though it's not only the Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim that's done din in any bezdin of 23 anywhere could be done din in but that's only if the Sanhedrin of 71 is in its place in Yerushalayim. Once they were not in their place in Yerushalayim in the in the Lishka Sargazis in the Beis Mikdash, that's when they stopped capital punishment, din in so, we're, we're, we're back to our question. How can we say that Yaisi ben Yezer and Yaisi ben Yechenen are the ones that made the Gzair on Tumal Eretz Amim? It says over here that this was made 80 years before the Chorban of the Beis HaMiktosh. you'll argue and say, In that time period of eight year, 80 years before the Chorban, that's when the Yaisi ben Yezer and Yaisi ben Yechenen lived. So the Gemara says, no, that can't be. <clears throat> we learned in Abraise, Hillel, Vishimin, Gamliel, Vishimin. These four generations Hillel, his son Shimon, his son Gamliel, and then his son Shimon. Their leadership upon Klal Yisrael was for the last hundred years before the Chorban of the Beis Mikdash. So, if so, the two individuals, Yesi ben Yezer and Yesi ben Yechenen, they were much before Hillel and Shammai. And as Rashi says over here, you could see it in Mesech Tavis. 
Right in the beginning of the Masech Tavis, it starts with Yesi ben Yechenen and Yesi ben Yezer, and then this Shmai and Aftalian, and only later comes Hill of Shammai. So they were much before. So you can't say that they, they were in this time period. So the Gemara, turning to the next Amit, says another answer. Ella, rather, what happened was, also in who the two Yaisis came along and Gazer Agusha. They made a Xeda on the actual earth that we should consider it to be Tomei. And the reason for this is because the Goyim sometimes bury their dead in places without making any sign of any cave or anything. So they were geyser on the earth itself. And that's not only if you go into Chutzlaret and you're on the earth, but even if you bring a piece of that earth into Eretz Yisrael and you touch it, you also become Tameh. Lisraif. And the Gzeda was that if you walk on this earth, you touch this earth, so then the Trumah that is, you, the Trumah touches this earth or comes on this earth, you have to burn that Trumah. But then on the Avir, if you enter into the airspace without being touching the ground itself, like for example, if a person's riding on a wagon or riding on a donkey, and there's, but it has to be in a case where there's a space, there's an opening in the wagon to the ground, or there's an opening from the person riding on the donkey to the ground, because if he's enclosed, then there's no gzeda on the avir. So it's open, there's a space open to the ground. So on the avir, they did not make a gzeda at that point yet. Then, then the Rabbanon, 80 years before the Chorban Abayis, and they came and gozer avira. They added and they said, they made a gzeda that also the avir of chutzlar is tome. But here, they didn't make the gzeda with the same severity like they made it on the earth of Chutzlaretz. And let me just explain this. We had this already before. When it comes to truma, usually the halacha with truma is, if it's truma which is tahir, you have to eat it. If it's truma which is tome, you have to burn it. But there are certain situations where there's like a suffix truma or things like that, where you can't eat it, but you're not allowed to burn it either because you don't know for sure it's tame. You can't just go and burn truma. So you have to just leave it. You have to leave it until it rots and then it's not right to eat and then you can burn it. Mm -hmm. So over here, the Gemara says when they made the gzeda on the avir, that if the truma comes into the ear space of chutzlaret, so what was the gzeda? Litlois, to leave it. Not to burn it, but just to leave it. So these were the two stages of the gzeda. So now the Gemara questions this. The Memre, shall we say, the, or the Bach is guided over here, the Tchilo Chode Gezer Tahavel Esreifa. The right in the beginning, the Gzeda regarding touching the ground of Chotzlaret. The Gzeda originally was that the Truma that touches the ground has to be burnt. But this is not so because Vahoma Ilfa Ilfa said, and when the Gemara quoted this already yesterday before, Yadayim. The gzeda that they made on a person's hands, that it's a sheni lutuma, and if truma touches it, the gzeda originally was truma that touches a person's hands that were not washed, it has to be burnt. So what do we see from this? By the hands, that was the beginning of the gzeda, that truma that touches a person's hands has to be burnt. But other things that they made the gzeda, that wasn't the Gzeda originally. The Gzeda originally was that you have to leave it, you have to put it aside, but not that you have to burn it. 
So therefore the Gemara is going to switch now what it said before. Ella, rather we have to say as follows. Also inu, the two Yaisis came, and Gozor, Agusha, their Gezeda originally was, that if the Trumet touches the Gush, the actual ground of Chutzlare, it's litlis. They have to put it aside, you have to leave it. Va'avira v'loiklum. Truma that enters into the airspace of Chutzlaret, there was no Gzeda whatsoever. Then the Asur Abanon the Peishon, Hadar Abanon, 80 years before the Chorban Abayas came along, Gazor Agushal Lisraif, they made the Gzeda on the Gush more severe that if the Truma touches the ground, you have to burn the Truma. The Avira Litlis. And they also added the Gzeda that the Avir, if it enters into the airspace of Chutzlaretz, you have to put it aside. You don't have to burn it, but you have to put it aside. So those were the two stages of the Gzeda. The Gemara is still not satisfied. But we know based on a statement that the Gemara will bring here, a statement on a Mishnah, that this Gzeda of the Tumah and Eretz Amin was made much later on. It was made when the, uh, when the Yidin came to Usha which is much further away in Eretz Yisrael. What happened uh, in Usha? So the Gemariah brings a Mishnah. The Tnan, we learned in a Mishnah, Alvav Sveikais Sarifin Esatruma. There are six scenarios of Suffolk Tuma that you have to burn the Truma if, the, if this Suffolk Tuma happens. What are the six Sveikis? Al Suffolk Beisa Pras. Tume that enters into a Beis Apras. A Beis Apras is a field, it's an area where there is a suffix if there was a caver there. There was a caver somewhere in the field and we don't know where it is. So the entire area becomes a Beis Apras, a suffix Tume. And also on earth, that's a suffix whether it came from Eretz Amim. Because, uh, again, no, no, it's, it's an, an Eretz Amin. It doesn't mean Suffolk if it's earth from Eretz Amin. It means all earth of Eretz Amin. There were geyser tuma on it because it's a Suffolk that the Goyim bury their dead here. So right over here we see that this is one of the things that there were geyser. Al Eretz Amin. Val Suffolk, big day Amaretz. And also on a Suffolk tuma from the begotten of an Amaretz. Begotten that come from an Amaretz. He's not careful. It could be his wife was a Nida and she sat on it and she made the begotten Tomei. So if Truma touches it, you have to, you have, so then uh, you have to burn the Truma. Val Suffolk, Kalem Anim Tzoyim. You have Kalem that were found and we have no idea where these Kalem are from. They might be Tomei. So if the Truma touches it, you have to burn it. Val Suffolk, If there's any spittle, that's on the ground. And the Truma touched it. It could also, you never know, it could come from a Zav, it could come from someone that's Tommy. Val Safik made Agli Adam. And also, if there's made Aglaim of a person and the Truma touches it, it also becomes a Safik Tuma. And the Mishnah adds, Shekneged made Agli Behemah. That includes even in a case where the made Aglaim of a human being is right near the made Aglaim of a Behemah. And you might think, so, so if so, it doesn't come from a human being, so it doesn't come from a source of Tuma, but still there were geyser that if the Trume touches it, so it's a Suffolk Tume, and Alvadai Magon, if the Trume definitely touched any of these things, and the gears on the side of the Gemara here is Shahu Suffolk Tumason, which is a Suffolk Tume, Sarfinus a Trume. For this, you have to burn the Trume. Rabbi Yaisi Aymer, Rabbi Yaisi says, Af al Suffolk Magon, not only if you know for sure 
that the Trumet touched any of these things. But even if it was just a suffix, whether the Trumet touched any of these things, if this happened in the Rishus HaYachid, you have to burn the Trumet. We had this already in the Gemara before. When it comes to a suffix Trumet and Rishus HaYachid, we're more Machmer. The Chachamim Chacham argue and say, if the suffix Trumet happens in the Rishus HaYachid, Thailand. So then you have to put it aside. You don't burn it, you don't eat it, but you have to put it aside. If there's a suffix, if it touched any of these things in the Rishus HaRabim, to hide in. So then it's tar, you don't have to burn it whatsoever. Tiller is the Mishnah. One of the things that it said in the Mishnah was, which is what we're talking about. The fact that there was a gzeira on the earth of Eretz Amim. Now what does it say on this Mishnah? So all it said on this Mishnah, these four sveikos, that chachamim, six that Akana was made in Usha, which was much later after the Chorban of the Beis HaMikdash. So how can we say that the Takana was made by the two Yaisis, Yaisi ben Yeyeza and Yaisi ben Yechenen, and then it was made in the 80 years before the Chorban of the Beis HaMikdash. Elo, so the Gemara now says as follows. There were really three stages to where this Gzeda was made. Asu Inu, the two Yaisis, they came, Gazor, Agusha, Litlais. They made a, a, a Gzeda which was more lenient. The Gzeda was on the earth of Eretz Amim. If Truma touches it, Litlais. You have to leave it. You have to put it aside. Va'avira Vuleiklum. The Truma that enters into the airspace of uh, the uh, Eretz Amim, nothing. There was no Gzeda. Then the second stage of the Gzeda. V'asar Abbanon, the Shmainim Shana. The Rabbanon, 80 years before the Churban of the Beis HaMikdash, they came. Gazor, Idi V'idi Litlais. They made a Gzeda that both, if it touches the earth, if it enters into the airspace of Eretz Amim, you have to put it aside. But none of them made a Gzeda that you have to burn the Trumah in any of these cases. And then, Usha, later they came in Usha, Gosur Agusha Lisraif. That's when they made the Gzeda more severe, and they said that if it touched the actual earth, you have to burn the Trumah. But the Gzeda on the airspace of uh, Eretz Amim, that remained as is, and they didn't change that Gzeda, and it only has to be put aside and you don't burn it. So this is the end of the discussion in the Gemara, Vinigeya to the Gzeda on Eretz Amim, that there were three different stages to this Gzeda. Now the Gemara is going to continue the fact that it said over there in the Braise that they were geyser, that glass becomes Tommy. And glass is not mentioned anywhere in the Taita. So, uh, well, you have in the Taita Klicheres, you have in the Taita mentioned uh, metal Kalim, uh, wooden Kalim. But Kli Zchuchis is not mentioned in the Taita. So maybe it's not susceptible to Tumah. So the Chachamim were Mesakin and said that Kli's Chuchis is susceptible to Tumah. The Sugi begins right over here and it continues through most of Dafta Zayin Amid Beis. And we'll leave it in Mitzvah Shem for tomorrow. Dafta Zayin is a shorter blot. And we'll start this Gemara, Kli's Chuchis and Mitzvah Shem tomorrow. Agotavach everybody, Agotavach.